We know that chargebacks are hitting the merchant's bottom line, but it's just a small part of the problem because the bigger problem is the revenue loss that stems from the fear of fraud, from these good customers being declined. And when you're able to see your entire flow, when you're able to strategize with fraud solutions across channels and across industries, then you can see the data that will fix the leaks throughout the purchase funnel. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of The Full Cart, presented by Riskified. My name is Alon Livne, and today we're joined by Meirav Peled, Director of Partnerships at Riskified. Hey, Meirav, thanks for joining us today. Let me just start off by saying I'm really excited for you to be here. I met you for the first time during your, I think it's called the Payments 101 session for new hires. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is the first time that payments has been explained to me in a way that is both undaunting and engaging. And so I'm excited to share that with our listeners today. Wow, thank you very much. Yes, glad to be here. Meirav, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do at Riskified? Sure. So I've been at Riskified almost uh, four years now. Started out in business development and, you know, Riskified reaches out directly to merchants to help them bring their value. And as we grew, we realized that we can do this through different partners in our ecosystem, both on the e-commerce side and on the payment side. And since then, I've been working with many interesting partners to bring our value through them to their customers. So it's been very exciting. Perfect. So Mirav, when we talk about customer experience in the e-commerce space, one of the buzzwords that come up the most is omni-channel. Can you help us understand what we mean when we talk about omni-channel? So, you know, when we talk about omni-channel today, it's something very different than it was three or four years ago. It's not just that multi-channel when we had brick and mortars and e-commerce and mobile, and they were all different tracks, different experiences. But omni-channel has evolved to enabling the customer a way to shop, to receive, to obtain goods across different channels, different devices at any time. And I think it's mainly about giving the experience and the ability to move from one to the other seamlessly. So try to envision Omnichannel as creating this accessible circle around the customer full with different options, offerings, experiences, where she or he can pick and choose any flow they want. And in Omnichannel world, the customer expects to easily navigate between each touch point. So it's not just one track at a time, but it's really moving around them. And today, with the unlimited access to information, the spread of distribution channels, and the abundance of choices at their fingertips, I think customers have never been so influential on in how business gets done, actually. And they're the driver of this omni-channel. Studies we've seen have indicated that omni-channel customers actually also spend more because they buy more frequently, which makes them super attractive customers for retailers. And so talking about payment service providers, what is their role in delivering an omni-channel flow? Well, the payment service provider, I would say, are probably invisible to most, but they're essential to anything going on in modern commerce because merchants are trying to optimize the payment experience for these customers, and they face a lot of different questions. You know, as they grow globally, There are many payments uh, methods they can select. They can adapt to each of their channel. They're not sure sometimes which digital in-store payment technology to use because, you know, omni-channel is also moving from offline to online. 
Um, should they have a kiosk in the store? Should they have a mobile POS? What should they deploy? When should it deploy? It? And I think top concern of these merchants is making sure there's no friction at the checkout phase because that's the critical phase. So recognizing shoppers across the payment channels and enabling a faster checkout regardless of location and device you're using is the clear benefit of the omni-channel approach. But in order to deliver this experience, merchants can take a one-size-fits-all strategy you know, to offer this checkout experience around the globe. They need their support of a PSP. So the PSPs must facilitate the various changes in the arena that the merchants are operating in because selling online requires diverse, comprehensive payment approaches that fits each market differently. And each merchant wishes to transact in these markets needs to address them. So in reality, I would say that PSPs are the payment enablers. What happens when payments don't support omnichannel? You know, I've heard you have a personal story that really brings this point home. Yeah, well, it seems uh, long ago, right? When I was on my last business trip, haven't taken those in a while. But I was going to London and I wanted to purchase in one of my favorite shops for my kids right before my flight went online um, because it's a shop that I can only buy online from my home here in Tel Aviv. Um, and I chose to pick up in the store, which is a great option for quick trips. So the online shopping experience was great. And I even got those discounts you get online. And when I got to London, I went to the store, I picked up the order, it was ready, I was very happy. Um, but then I went and opened and, and looked through it. And I realized one of the shirts was in a wrong size. This is where things went a bit off because the clerk in the store, which immediately brought the right size to me, which and that was great, but he told me I needed to go back online and cancel the order and rebuy the new size online. But I was actually physically in the store holding the shirt in my hand. So it felt a bit awkward, um, but then it got even worse because their PSP required 3DS authentication. So that's the SMS that you receive. Because I was abroad, I wasn't able to receive it on my mobile, so I wasn't able to finish everything, and, and it got really messy. So to make a long story short, the online experience was great. The brick-and-mortar experience also was great, but the sync between them was just annoying. It, it just was frustrating. Sounds like it's easy to overlook an issue that can really impact customer experience. Exactly, and that's what we, I was referring to earlier how do we make sure that wherever I come to the purchase, wherever I want to return, anything that's going on with the merchant happens seamlessly, happens behind the scenes. I don't see it. I don't feel it. That's what excites me as a customer. Yeah, and I think that speaks to all customers. So how are PSBs responding to this accelerated digital shift? I think a lot is changing with response to the shift. You know, digital transformation, as you said, didn't start today. We talked about what customers want, where we can grow. But we know that merchants have had different requirements and, and have encountered issues before. I'll give you an example. Even across Europe, there's a variety of payment methods at checkout. We know that one in every five shoppers in France, for example, is more likely to visit an online store that supports alternative payment methods, okay? Um, three quarters of UK buyers prefer e-commerce websites with a range of payment options. In the U.S., on the other hand, they prefer credit card. And in China, 71% um, of business is conducted with digital wallets. And in Colombia, with cash on delivery. So there are very, very different options that merchants 
need to look at. And actually, the PSPs, usually they provide a range of payments that's more geographic-based or more industry-based. They're not able to provide all these localized payments that I was talking about, usually, in one go. So we need to integrate many PSPs in order to grow globally and answer all this mix of customer requests. And on the other hand, this convenience is especially critical during this time. So PSPs need to evolve. Um, I can tell you that what we've seen recently is a turn to payment orchestration platforms. And I'll explain a bit what those are. So these payment orchestration platforms that are known as POPs are about providing access to the various PSPs. They support the reconciliation, the checkout optimization, the payment routing, the data analytics. They provide advice about you know, appealing options. What are the approaches in each market? They kind of bring everything together. They help merchants make wise decisions about connectivity, about when to add, how to add. And this really helps the online retailers offer customers experiences they expect, save the internal resources, minimize the integration cost, um, invest more time in their core business. And we know with everything going on, this is key now. Why should merchants look toward these orchestration platforms, you know, in these times? Look, merchants now have an opportunity to make a great impression, not only on new customers, which we've seen, you know, shoppers who are never shopping online are now moving to online, but also existing customers who know that this pandemic, even when it goes away, they found a new way to interact and to deepen the relationship with their brands. And they'll look as they go into the future to continue this relationship online. I've read a lot of studies, one of them very interesting from Lenbrook, that reports that by 2024, anything to do with remote commerce is permanently going to overtake POS. So we see the shift to the digital, to the online. So merchants need to be ready. They need to be you know, locally tailored with checkout experience, for example. This will make them equipped to serve the needs. So working together with a payment orchestration platform, for example, will help the merchant focus because they have a lot of things to focus on right now, you know, as things change so quickly and have someone looking at them, you know, having their back and everything to do with payments in the background. How do these orchestration platforms approach fraud review? So, you know, in reality, PSPs have always offered fraud review. Payment orchestration platform realize, again, as the next level, they have to do it because merchants are looking for that one-stop shop to facilitate not only their needs today, but also looking forward because they understand everything is changing very quickly. So one of these needs is actually a single fraud monitoring across all their different channels across the globe. And we know it's important because as e-commerce grow, also the fraud grows, unfortunately. And we see the CNP fraud grow and we've seen different places where it grew during COVID as well. So especially now during this pandemic, it's critical to look at the uptick in fraudulent transactions and have a solution and a strategy to make sure you minimize the fraud.
we know that chargebacks are hitting the merchant's bottom line, but it's just a small part of the problem because the bigger problem is the revenue loss that stems from the fear of fraud from these good customers being declined. And when you're able to see your entire flow, when you're able to strategize with fraud solutions across channels and across industries, then you can see the data that will fix the leaks throughout the purchase funnel and ensure that the transactions are fulfilled, that the shoppers are converted into customers. So as merchants are working very hard to meet all these ever-evolving customer expectation requirements and to win and to make sure they remain relevant, they also understand that trust is a valuable currency. So they need to make sure to use their partners in order to have this advanced machine learning algorithms in the background that are identifying their good customers accurately, quickly, and making sure that they help increase and enhance their vision, you know, and uncover all the weak spots and tailor the business plans and the strategies and all with one single integration. I can actually take this opportunity to make a recommendation for merchants that use fraud prevention tools through their PSPs, through their POPs, work with them, review the policies, the procedures, optimize the sales, the mitigation of of fraud. And of course, with ample consideration to all the uncertainty that this pandemic has brought to us. It's a relationship that you have to leverage. So that really speaks to the importance of having not just payments streamlined across all platforms, but also fraud review. Can you explain how PSPs conduct fraud review? Do they use third-party solutions? Do they build their own? There are different ways that PSPs are working with third-party providers and internal. And sometimes they go hand in hand. Sometimes, you know, the PSPs would rather have everything internal. It's really up to the PSP to make sure. Sometimes they start with, you know, just having very simple processes, and then they offer the merchants to integrate into third party. Sometimes they bring them in-house. So we work with PSPs that were integrated already into their gateway, and that helps the PSP's clients with one single integration turn on also the chargeback liability. So depending on how advanced the PSP is, depending on how much they want to help in facilitating all the needs of their merchants, this is how they build the strategy around fraud. And we see with the payment orchestration platforms where they're looking to offer as many different services and really tailor the solution per customer for all their needs, that they're also offering this ability to work with advanced fraud solutions as an added value. For merchants looking to partner with a payment provider or orchestration platform, do you have any tips and best practices? Yeah. So I think, you know, as a merchant, the key is understanding your own business, questioning what is important to you and what brings you value, and making sure that the PSP is answering these needs and adapting to your future requirements. So the PSP has you in focus, uh, makes sure he sees your business, your goals, your targets, and they're helping you stay competitive. And merchants need to see that their PSPs are also ready to grow with them, ready to scale with them. They're constantly presenting them new technologies, innovations. So yes, customer expectations are changing, but the merchant needs to be ready to implement these innovations. 
And I think once you choose this PSP that, that answers your needs, your requirements, and your future plans, you need to make sure that you don't turn your back. Also make sure you keep monitoring them. Also make sure you keep having that trust. Um, as an example, Wirecard was a PSP for over 20 years that was very well known all over Europe and globally, and many merchants were using them. But, you know, a few weeks ago, as they went into insolvency, many merchants needed to find other solutions. So it's key to monitor, it's key to have the checks and balances. It's also making sure on a daily basis that everything is transparent to you. You can follow that. You can understand what's going on. It's being you know, explained to you and there's an open conversation. And in a lot of cases, there are also needs for redundancies to make sure that you are able to switch from one to the other. You understand the landscape, you know where to turn to and you can move forward. If you're working with a payment orchestration platform, for example, that can offer you multiple integrations that could be switched within a button, then you have the redundancy, right? Because the orchestration platform is offering these different PSPs, these different gateways, the different options. And if not, as you're growing, make sure that you're checking, make sure that you're monitoring, make sure that you're looking for the redundancies and that you have your eyes wide open. That's, I think, crucial here. Mirav, you really have an engaging way of talking about payments. I could be talking about payments for days and days in a row. Um, but I, I think looking at the past few months, we've seen shifts that were amazing. You know, if I'd ask a retailer, probably in the beginning of 2020, January, February, I was still meeting partners and retailers at conferences, you know, across the globe in uh, London and Amsterdam and Tokyo and Hong Kong. And everybody was talking about, yeah, we need to be more digitally advanced. We need to open more omni-channel options. And, and you know, if you'd asked anyone there, okay, do you plan to have, uh, for example, a pay-by-link, um, so contactless transaction? They would say, yeah, of course, we're planning it. You know, it might be 18 months, 24 months down the line. We need to choose. We need to test. We need to have resources. It's you know a priority, but not for tomorrow. But then we've seen in Q2 changes that were planned for three or four years forward happening within three to four months. And I think a lot of that has to do with having the right partner. So you asked me before, how do you choose to ensure that the partner has the PayPal link, for example, ready to go? Even if you're not ready to implement it at that minute, the fact that maybe next month you want to implement it and then it goes from 18 months to one month implementation, make sure your partner is ready to do that with you. And we've seen amazing leaps thanks to the partnerships between the retailers and their vendors, their PSPs, their payment platforms, they're working together. Curbside pickup is another great example of that, you know, turned on almost immediately because it was ready to go by the back end of the retailer. So, you know, having the right partner behind them was amazing to know that they could supplement that. All right, that's all the time we have. Thanks to Mayra for joining us and sharing her insights. And thanks to everybody who tuned in. If you like what you heard, please let us know by leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be the first to know when our next episode comes out. Final thanks to my co-creator, Amarel Venkert. See you next time.